Providing 360 degrees of information and entertainment. Reloaded for today's NYSHA. Ray Power. Ray Power. Ray Power. Ray Power. Ray Power. Nigeria's original independent radio station. It's cross blunder to theorize before one has data. At Data Chart, we analyze our politicians are indulgent when it comes to dealing with crime. We interrogate. We need to increase the strength of the police. But right now, there are about 370,000 according to them. And uh, how do they cover Nigeria? We interpret. And the trafficking in persons law has said that you cannot use any child that is below 12 in any home as a domestic help. We help decision makers and you understand the numbers. 78% of citizens agree or strongly agree that the news media should constantly investigate and report on government mistakes. Join the data chart conversation every Friday, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. on Ray Power FM 100.5 Abuja. For inquiries and advert placement, call 0906-420-5487. Data Charts, powered by NOI Polls Limited. In the last month, only 25 in 100 Nigerians approve of the performance of the government through October. 58 in 100 do not approve of the government's performance, and another 17 in 100 are indifferent about it. That's the finding of the latest SNAP poll on governance conducted by NOI polls. Wherever you are, good evening and welcome to Data Chat on Ray Power 100.5 FM. Data Chat is a program to analyze and interrogate survey findings so that you can better understand the numbers and make critical decisions, and it's a production of NOI polls. Today, we look at a poll in which only 18 in 100 Nigerians rated the government to have done well on infrastructure and how that links to economic growth. That's coming up in a moment. I'm Jodlain Adukafo. This is Data Chat. According to Hal Varian, Chief Economist Google, the ability to take data, to be able to understand it, to process it, to extract value from it, to visualize it, to communicate it, is going to be a hugely important skill in the next decade. At NOI Polls, we offer the combination of forward-thinking research and relevant data for the private, public and the third sector across Nigeria and West Africa. We provide timely and relevant information on public opinions across sectors. Our values and principles are wrapped around professionalism, excellence, teamwork, integrity, and commitment. Call 09290-4162 or email inquiries at noi-polls.com. Also visit us at number 4 Dev Street, Neitama, Abuja. Remember, without data, you're just another person with an opinion. NOI polls, data, analytics, data bank, strategy. Welcome back. Can Nigeria find economic growth through infrastructure development? Well, infrastructure is only one of 12 social services on which respondents to the poll rated the performance of the government this October. The question was how would they rate the performance of the government in social services? At the bottom is 6 in 100 respondents who rated the government good on corruption. 
At the top is 21 in 100 who rated the government as good on health care. But infrastructure ties with conflict resolution. Only 18 in 100 uh, respondents said the government had done well on infrastructure development. Now, to make sense of how this ties in with economic growth, uh, Ode Friday joins me to provide analysis. Ode Friday is the country director for Accountability Lab Nigeria. Welcome, Ode. Thank you very much. Yeah, so uh, first, bring us up to speed. When people hear the word infrastructure, they think, oh, road. What uh, really does infrastructure mean? Um, thank you very much for this opportunity. I'm quite excited to have this conversation with you and with Nigerians as well. Um, a good, beautiful good evening to everybody out there. Um, for me, I think, yes, people think right when it comes to thinking of infrastructure as roads. Um, because infrastructure in, infrastructure in its basic terms, to anybody, will mean physical systems. But there have been, there's been conversations out there to see infrastructures beyond just as physical systems, looking at the environment, um, infrastructures or systems that support the environment, like um, water systems, um, IT, um, energy, um, health, education, across all these sectors that you think infrastructures um, will reflect. But in, its, in another argument, there, there's another discussion which has been coming up to see infrastructure as the workforce. Because if you look at the connection between Infrastructure. If you're going to put something in, in, in a fiscal system somewhere, um, it can't just lie there. So it ties to how the workforce or the people who reside in that area or that region will be able to use that infrastructure. So if every government sits today to say, oh, we have set up a budget for infrastructure in ABC communities, what happens to those infrastructure if they are not used by people? So we are now thinking in terms of people as another component of infrastructure that will facilitate um, complete the ecosystem around that discussion. Okay, so when we talk about infrastructure, it, it necessarily comes down to money, to finance in a way. So the value of Nigeria's infrastructure has been put somewhere around uh, being equivalent to 35% of its GDP. That's compared to 70% for other countries with uh, economies as large as yeah. Nigeria's. And we're talking about uh, 35% of GDP being equivalent to what the value of Nigeria's infrastructure is, and this is a country with a population of around, uh, at the last estimates, we're looking at 200 million people. Is that good enough for you? Um, I would say that's not good enough um, for a country like Nigeria, with over 200 million persons. We are the most populous country in Africa, if you look at that figure. and. The way we appropriate figures in terms of budgeting for infrastructure or for people, it's, I would say, is appalling. But, however, we need to check back to um, what our system offers in terms of GDP and how we use funds judiciously. So, if you look at the budget has provided, like, 35% of the GDP goes to that. But, however, in the other sense of implementation, if you look across the years, and in recent times, um, this is out there in the news, you hear people say, in the, in the basic terms, to help Nigerians understand, we borrow to fund infrastructure, which is not too good for us as a country. But how do we use our funds judiciously when we create those budgets and face realistics um, in terms of what what does what does the budget have to offer? How do we generate funds? How do we ma maximize our revenue to ensure we're serving the people with the right infrastructures? If we don't put this in place, I think it becomes challenging to even have the budget. Secondly, for me, I would look at what the workforce, like I mentioned, in terms of 
governance and um, government will handle this, um, these decisions. In terms of that, you will look at the situation where people that make this decision, you need to face reality. Um, I, I'm not sure how much the, the 2023 budget is at the moment, but if you look at what the budget has to offer for 2023 uh, in terms of infrastructure, you will try to imagine, do we even have the funds? So how do we balance the reality and the standard which we are supposed to budget for um, in terms of infrastructure? So we need to come to a conclusion where the people that govern us or make this decision at the top level and decide on the budget processes are able to face the realities of the current day um, in terms of infrastructure and how we can serve the people collectively. Um, I'm not sure if we'll get there, but just to chip in, infrastructure, it, uh, everybody wants to stay in Abuja. Everybody wants to stay in Lagos. Everybody wants to stay in Port Harcourt. And if you look at those key cities because of the infrastructures and because um, more focus is put there for um, budget, budgetary purposes in terms of infrastructure, when it comes to health, education, energy, IT, and all of that, um, how do we manage this? But in other places, to create a balance and a fair system for all of us that is just and fair, we need to now start thinking, rethinking our mode of budgeting towards participatory budgeting to ensure people at the community level also have a voice in this in the planning in the decision making for infrastructure that affect them and the way and the life they live in those places and their communities now, um just to be sure the report uh, we are looking at is uh, economic growth through infrastructure development it's available on our website noi-post.com also you can monitor our social media handles on facebook twitter instagram and youtube it is at NOI polls. Now, back to you, Ode. Um, between 20, 2009, that's 20, uh, 2009 and 2013, Nigeria's investment in infra infrastructure was equivalent to 3% of its GDP. Now, the value of Nigeria's infrastructure is equivalent to 35% of GDP. But its investment over this period, 2009 to 2013, is equivalent to just three percent of his gtb yeah gdp that uh, it was actually 23 billion dollars and it's estimated to grow to 77 billion by 2025 what does that say to you uh, what does that say to me i'm just thinking of at the top of my head um it will interest you to know that um i'm not sure if well, Nigerians should take a bite. Um, there's the budget, the national budget on the um, Ministry of Budget and Planning website, I guess, where you can access and also look at what the, the government budgets for in terms of infrastructure. Um, sometimes when you look at that document, you'll be stunned to see what are in those budgets. Take, for instance, constituency projects. Um, it's focused, it's the, the, the reality of what the constituency project was designed for has been, we've lost it. So you find people um, in the House of Representatives, Senators and House of Rep members, trying to budget for boreholes, trying to budget for tricycles, trying to budget for bikes. That will not solve our problem. So you find our budget in another way where you find unrealistic budgetary processes and um, figures we, which is supposed to serve the people in terms of developing our economy but it's i think we've lost the value of how we need to start budgeting that's why i mentioned participatory budgeting earlier on to ensure that it is what serves the people and it's what it is what grows the economy 
Otherwise, I see a situation here where we are just shooting figures here and there. Before you know, we are taking loans to fund our budgets, and you are taking, you are generating revenue in other words to pay salaries, which is also good. But how do we, in terms of managing this figure to serve the people judiciously to ensure these infrastructures are even generating funds or revenue and en ensuring our economy is growing? Otherwise, I think these figures will just grow off the, off the roof and we will not be able to manage in the coming years. So I ask that question for a particular reason. The work you do at Accountability Lab is about holding government accounts or ensuring good governance. Now, when we talk about infrastructure, as you earlier explained to us what it actually means, you mentioned it cuts across things like health, environment, agriculture, transport even. Do you find that... Um, uh the budget the sort of budget in that nigeria does uh models things up a bit such that you there are no clear lines between what is generally termed infrastructure and something that uh impacts on maybe healthcare, for instance because there are different sectors um trying to get a bigger chunk of the national budget as it were do you find the waters are modeled somehow Yes, I think the waters, waters are modeled um, at the high level, um, which we need to review. That's why I mentioned, again, participatory budgeting, which will help the country in terms of having everybody's voices heard at some point. I also want to use this medium to encourage Nigerians. In demanding accountability, we also have to hold government responsible for budgetary processes. If it doesn't serve you, you can engage with the ministries, the department, and the agencies, your state government and your state governors. Um, to see how you can have to influence those processes. Otherwise, like I mentioned, if you go back to the national budgets, the work we do around that is also to help citizens understand the value and what, how it serves them and how it serves the purpose of development. Otherwise, you have people, or sorry, forgive me to say people, you have government officials who have self-serving interests. Um, take a toll on the national budgets for the last five years. We've had, we've had frivolous items in the budgets. Unexpl unexplained funds or budget, budgeting for different M MDAs, which are called budget padding in, in its essence. So how do we begin to clean up this mess in which we are in? It's, it's just, it's visible for everybody to see. But if you don't pay attention as, if we all don't pay attention as citizens of Nigeria, um, um, active citizens, we, it's, it's just going to continue for a long time and we'll be in this situation which we can't control but i want to encourage like nigerians as well i say take your time look at the budget the president has also presented um, the budget for 2023 to the national assembly. national assembly it's a time to engage it's a time to look at this budget and what has been put there and also engage and have your voice have your voice heard somehow somewhere in this processes to help us clean the mess in which we are in with the budget so I mentioned earlier that um, uh, the investment in infrastructure is expected to grow to 77 billion by 2025, and you would say uh, you would, I presume you'd agree that uh, it's necessary for it to grow. So then, can you help us draw a line, a link between infrastructure development and economic growth? How does that happen? How do you begin to trans uh, uh, translate? infrastructure development as um, economic growth, as job provision, as a provision of delivery of vital services. How, what's the, how does that, just explain that link to us. Um, so the first thing I'll say here is the priority for the government to develop 
or put infrastructures in place. First basic thing for every region, for every community, for them to thrive and even participate in govern governance. Infrastructure is a foundation for you and I to participate, everyone out there to participate. Without infrastructures, we will not be able to participate in govern governance processes or engage with the government. So for instance, the government gets into my village and puts a bridge. The bridge will not be used if there are not people, if there's no workforce. So the first thing is also put the, the infrastructures in place, then organize the workforce or the people, which will in turn generate revenue or growth for the community. So it's put infrastructures in place, try to serve the people and encourage the workforce to engage, and then it generates develop economic growth. In the, in the portion of the workforce, take for instance, um, like I mentioned, key cities like you know, global cities around the world, and even in Nigeria, I talk about Abuja, Botakot, Lagos, and um, Kaduna for instance. People thrive and participate in these processes, basically using the infrastructure to even generate revenues for themselves. We've seen the likes of what the IT world has to, um, and the entertainment and IT world has to provide because of the infrastructures of policies in place for IT um, information, developing of social media space, influencers and all of that. We saw what happened back then with the NSAS movements and the shutdown of Twitter. People had to lose revenue. The country had to lose revenue. I, I can't remember how much we're losing daily. It was daily for a country like Nigeria to lose those kind of revenue. So if you don't put infrastructure in place in the first place, the next thing, if you don't manage policies that manage these people, you will lose your um, economic um, growth or economic revenue. So those are that for me. That is the connection and the pipeline which we need to understand how this works. So just before we came on air, I looked up uh, some figures about uh, the state of Nigeria's infrastructure. I just want to run them by you. Uh, Fifty-six percent of Nigerians only have access to electricity. That's compared to eighty percent for developed countries. For 75% of businesses operating in Nigeria, power supply is a major constraint. Now, with 10,000 megawatts of power generation capacity, only around 3,500 megawatts or thereabouts is available for the country, the entire population of Nigeria. That's compared with uh, 50,000 megawatts in uh, South Africa, which has a population of around 50, just around 50 million. Now, 68% of roads in the country are in deplorable condition, and only 18% of federal roads are paved. That of road is very easy to see if, if uh, that's the only thing that comes to mind when you talk about infrastructure. But looking at all of these electricity, road, uh, supply, power, and all of that, how do you think uh, things got this bad without us noticing? The trend has been there. I like the fact that you have put out those figures. Data is like, for me, I say data is the new oil. Data is life. People need to understand how these figures translate and the trend over the years. Um, if you look at the, the plans um, over the years with different governments um, in power, they've promised 25,000 megawatts, 50,000 megawatts, but we've not gotten there because nobody's paying attention and nobody's actually engaging to see um, how that will work. Um, we, we have done that comparison with other countries and seen the progress. For me, I think it's high time we actually understand the processes of judicious use of funds and how we all Nigerians will follow the money and engage effectively in governance processes. 
the decision is for we the people like the constitution pro provides for we to to make and to engage so no one will be left behind for me i see this position of starting with the budgets the government engages and says we've put out 18 trillion 20 trillion for the national budget for this year and people don't think it's just a document it is not just a document it is a document which is which affects you which affects the infrastructures in your communities wherever region whatever community you live in and that is why you need to engage at that local level first of all you need to look at the budget second is the contracting processes we've seen contracting processes over the years where it is flawed and well i mentioned self-serving interest in in governance processes which we need to pay attention pay close attention to over the years monies have been lost to um contractors who have gone to site and never done anything um over the years we've seen money in in, in one of the regimes um for about 60 million dollars or thereabouts for for power and nothing was we're still in the same mess in in today so how do we begin to manage this thing for me i think it is basically sorry the third thing is the the auditing processes so after all these things have happened from the budget propositions to the Contract contracting processes the audit the the auditor general produces a report and tells you abcd some mdas refuse to even submit their audit their um, yearly audit reports monies are being going money are just going down the drain every year in and out every month and people are taking our money and we keep saying the infrastructure no so it's left to every one of us to stand up to this task when we say participate in governance when we say go for election get your pvc it's basically to ensure that you're also contributing to the success of the economy because you play a huge role in all of this it's not necessarily i sit as a civil civil society organization which i represent and speak up and speak here and there but we all need to come together to collaborate to ensure this um, this this will work for all of us. Yeah. Okay. Um, one more question before we go on a break. Uh, the poll breaks down its findings into age group. I just want to run these figures by you again. Sixty-five percent of the respondents who disapproved. After all, this is a government's appro governance approval. For uh, by the way, sixty-five percent of respondents who disapprove of the government performance are people who are aged sixty-one and over. By contrast, among those who approve, the highest proportion is 30% and they are aged 18 to 35. So, those uh, majority of those who disapprove are elderly, majority of those who approve are young people. Now, what does this tell you about the mood of Nigeria? The mood, uh, this tells us the population group that's that should I say not I don't use the word rule Nigeria that makes the decision and sits at their comfort zone to say in quotes but this what's the the people the infrastructure serves I also telling you we disapprove because it doesn't serve us and I believe that's what the data says from 18 to 35 talk about the the largest group of people in in every country is the young people between 18 and 35 so every infrastructure you develop must in some way address these people otherwise you have the grievance processes um, where you have young people who are not happy in terms of you find out in let's take this a bit a, a, a step sure, further sure. if you look at what is happening in the northeast the same group of people who fall in this category between 18 and 35 are dissatisfied 
So when you talk about insecurity, you now find some of these concerns which we need to address. Insecurity did not just spawn up because um, um, I'm not sure whatever reason people have. But people are not satisfied because these infrastructures are not in their community. You are not, we're not being equally served like it's a society where there's equity and equality for all of us. Um, I keep saying this when we have these arguments. The society is supposed to serve everybody equally. So once a group of people says we are satisfied, you can understand they are in that space where it is serving them and they are benefiting in, in other terms. But this other group is saying we are not satisfied and we are the people whose voices are supposed to be the voice of the next generation, the leaders of tomorrow. But well, how do we begin to understand how this also translates from insecurity to people leaving the country? Because you also want people to, you are, I'm going to a country where I get infrastructures that serve me, that I know I can thrive, I can participate in their, in their governance processes and their system, and I'm happy um, to say. But when you find this here in our community, between the ages of 18 and 35, everywhere you find in the world, they are the most um, people, young people are the most um, who we need to, we need to pay, pay attention to. Thank you very much. So, uh, on that note, we'll take a break now, and uh, when we come back, we'll open the phone lines so you can share your thoughts with us. Do stay with us. people, the representative of all Nigerian adults. As long as sample is taken randomly and proportionate stratification is used to ensure that it is representative of all adults, the size of the universe doesn't matter. This is well illustrated in a quote made by a famous U.S. market researcher which reads, if you don't believe in random sampling, next time you are in for a blood test, ask the doctor to take it all. Welcome back. You're listening to Data Chat on Ray Power 100.5 FM with me, Jodlena Dokafo. And I'm in conversation with Ode Friday, Country Director for Accountability Lab in Nigeria, talking about infrastructure development and economic growth. It comes after a survey by NOI Polls finds only 18 in 100 Nigerians rate the performance of the government as good on infrastructure. To get the full report, economic growth through infrastructure development, head to our website, noi-polls.com. Also, you can monitor our social media handles on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. It's at NOI Polls. And now, we want to hear from you. How do you think Nigeria can drive economic growth by investing in infrastructure? And does the existing infrastructure serve you as you want to be served? The phone lines are open now. You can reach us on 081-8427-0287. Again, that's 081-8427-0287. Alternatively, you can reach us on 081-8427-0265. Again, that's 081-8427-0265. And uh, while we, the calls come in, uh, let's head back to order. 
Hello, you're on the line. Good evening and welcome. Hello, good morning. Um, good evening, sorry. <laughs> good evening. Your name and where you're calling us from? Yes, my name is Charles. I'm calling from Abuja. Thank you, Charles. Go ahead. Yeah, first of all, um, I don't know where you get the pool, where you said um, 18 to 35 young people approve of the uh, construction in the country. I don't know if that data is right, but if it is, I don't know on whether they, they were actually um, probably engaged properly before the survey. Because I'm sure those category of people are the people that uses those infrastructure. And I am sure very well, which I fall into that category, that the infrastructure we have is not, it does not serve. It does not serve properly. You see, what we have in this country is that we have, we, 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 we've not invested in human capital. Take a look at China, what China did. China started investing on human. They started investing on their, on their ICT. They started building chips. They started using the first... I remember the first one I had was, was from China. And it was cheap. They used in building this phone. And before you know it, China blew. So what, 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 what do we have in Nigeria? We have people... Even when we want to do this kind of a thing, you gather people that are not supposed to be in that sector. You, you, empower, you empower them. Before you know it, the money they spend on them are blown up. There are people we need to... We need, we need young people. We need people that have ideas. We need to empower young people. If we do that, if we do that in this country, we will surpass China. We have the ability and, and the capability. But I don't know what is wrong with Nigeria. Other countries that we are power with in, in, the, in the 90s and the 80s, they've, left off the, off, they left, they've all left off behind. You, you understand? So what I'm trying to say is the, the, the government needs to invest on human capital. If they do that, you, you will take away poverty from, from, from a lot of people. Crime will reduce. Every other thing will step in. And the country will be a better place for us. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So, just to reiterate, what we said was that 30% of uh, people aged 18 to 35 approved of the government. In reverse, 53% disapproved. That's what we said. And I hope uh, we're getting that right. You heard what the caller just said. Uh, is that your sentiment? Um, yes, I share the same sentiment with the caller. Thank you very much um, for that insight. Um, one of the things I said when I started was, um, and submission to him as well, there's the conversation of defining inf defining human capital development as infrastructure. So we need to now start having that conversation beyond just physical systems to understand that the people, you also have to invest in the people. Otherwise, you can invest in the infrastructure. If you don't invest in the people, the infrastructure cannot serve anybody, right? So that's the co correlation between both of them. There is this understanding uh, on the back of the sustainable development goals of um, improving uh, for human capital development. That movement is gaining momentum in Nigeria at the moment. Do you think uh, we are uh, we've gotten the sort of traction that we need on that in, in line with what you're saying? Um, I think we haven't. In as much as we are doing a bit of it with the government, government-driven programs and the private sector also supporting that, I think we are moving in the right direction. But we need to do more. So, if you look at what um, countries who have moved ahead are doing, a couple of them have invested largely, largely in digital governance processes um, like IT and all of that. But if you look at the Nigerian budget, like I mentioned, I referred to you find empowerment in terms of tricycles, 
bikes and so grinding machines. machines, sewing machine. We need to move into that development IT world. The world has gone digital. How do we, we, we are still talking about all of that previous discussion, but we need to move forward beyond where we are. Let's talk about uh, financing now. In some countries, the model, the model, the primary financing for infrastructure development comes from banks, and then there is uh, a refinancing through uh, bonds. How, in your estimation, is Nigeria's model for infrastructure uh, financing different, and what does that do for us? Um, I wouldn't say I have more knowledge on that, but on financing. Um, but yes, it's more around the public and private partnership, which I'm aware of, um, to take note on that. Um, it feels we need to drive more private, private organizations to invest in, in, in the country. Um, take a, a look at um, Lagos. Lagos has, I think Lagos has achieved some of that in its context, but at the federal level, we are still largely driven by government financing, mm. which the budget cannot even sustain. So you find a, a ministry when you, well, budget is one thing. When it comes to release of funds for implementation, you find out we don't have money. So that system, we need to move from that system to understand how we can improve on pub public and private partnerships and to ensure the private sector is also playing a huge role in developing our economy as well. So you can uh, also the phone lines are still open. Join us on zero eight one eight four two seven zero two eight seven. Again, that's zero eight one eight four two seven zero two eight seven. Alternatively, you can reach us on zero eight one eight four two seven zero two six five. Again, that's zero eight one eight four two seven zero two. Six five. We want to find out uh, what you think, how, how you think Nigeria can drive economic growth by in, uh, investing in infrastructure. Um, okay. You mentioned uh, uh, PPP, public-private partnerships, as a model that you think Nigeria can get something out of. Can you exp uh, expand on that a little bit? How, we've seen that in in health, in healthcare. We've seen it in um, maybe a little bit in agricultural, uh, in, other, in some other sectors. On the on a larger scale, how can that help Nigeria when we have budgets that need loans to finance? We have projects that uh, government budgets can't cater for. Um, I like the fact that. And then, sorry, yeah, and then, and then, the, you have a, a, the private sector, which is more or less interested in profit, over, uh, say, what you call social good now. <laughs> social good. It's, it's also. I think you put, have to put both of them on the same level because, yes, the private sector is there for business. Yes. Um, so profit driven is is a good thing as well. But yeah. however, you also think in terms of social good. But nevertheless. I think it's a model which we need to build on. Um, if you look, for instance, at the at, there's a port in Lagos. There's a new port in Lagos somewhere around Lekki. It's been driven by the private sector, which would generate funds and generate revenue for for the states. I'm not even sure if it's the federal level, federal government now. But that model needs to be translated to open up um, other states. Like um, we've seen Tinapa. Tinapa over the years, we're not sure what it is, but. How do we ensure that government policies serve the people, not a group of people, not a group of private sector organizations who have their own particular interest 
in the in the, in the content. Um, take for instance, in recent times we're having green energy um, discussions, solar system, and all of that. But you have a couple of people who are now in trade moving from oil to that, uh, talking about climate change and all that discussion. We need to explore what the private sector has to offer beyond. Yes, there's agriculture is good, health is good, education, but how do we expand at the broader level to understand this private sector, they need to start investing in all those other sectors beyond just Abuja, Kaduna, Port Lagos, because the infrastructure and the human capital development will continue to reside in this context and the economic growth will not spread across this place. So the government needs to look at that model which gives um, independence to the states to also develop their 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 natural resources, um, their states in terms of how they want their policies to be driven and open up the systems for them. And uh, also, I would I'd like to ask you uh, what you think about um, how critical it is for Nigeria to enhance infrastructure in light of its population and in consideration of economic growth. How why why should it be critical? very critical is the number of the population we have growing um we're growing exponentially um if you look at the figures um a couple of years ago was 170 before you know we're over 200 we don't know what would be um the the, the forecast will be in a couple of years um nigeria is um, second i think after india we are if not india the second or the third most populous country in the world um if you look at that figures it's growing exponentially but the infrastructures to serve the people that is not is not there is is almost non-existent so the government is not matching up the infrastructure with the people to serve or to generate the revenue or grow the economy because these two have to fit or meet meet the speed in which it, it has to work so i'll give you an instance as simple as a road will be um you find out in some community you still have a lane but in, in, in the future, you need to plan how this is going to serve the people in the next five years. So we're not just developing a road of today for next year. We're develop, developing a road for or infrastructures for the next five years, depending on how, um, putting in, into consideration the population growth. So the, both of them can serve each other. And in other words, um, we can see economic growth. Otherwise, what we see in the current reality is population growing, but the infrastructure is not even growing. Uh, um, it's growing like one one a day or something. I'm not even sure of the word, but the infrastructure is not growing as it used as it's supposed to be. But the population is growing way at um, at a good exponent. Yeah. Uh, again, you can reach us on zero eight one eight four two seven zero two eight seven. Again, that's zero eight one eight four two seven zero two eight seven. Alternatively, you can call zero eight one eight four two seven zero two six five. Again, that's 081-8427-0265. Okay, take uh, a, a few seconds to talk to us about what uh, Accountability Lab does in terms of uh, good in, in the area of good governance and how your work helps push uh, this. So, um, thank you for this opportunity. The Accountability Lab, in its essence, makes governance work for citizens. Um, how do we do this? We try to support active citizens responsible leaders and accountable institutions. Um, key for us is how we build our programs that cuts across seven these three entities. Um, one key thing for us in our strategy is to see that everyone is included in decision-making processes, so we put that as a priority. Um, we've talked about infrastructures here, here um, in this conversation. 
if you find out infrastructure doesn't serve a couple, it serves a couple of people. We've talked about the age, different demographics. But one other thing we need to look closely at, um, recently, we, I think five, three, four years ago, we had the Persons with Disabilities Bill. If you look at most of the infrastructures around these developed cities in Nigeria, none of them, almost none of them serves those group of people. So one of the things we do at the lab is also to advocate for um, the inclusion of these people in governance processes to understand that when you're making those decisions or you're developing those budgets, this group of people, you need to plan for them as well. Um, so inclusion for us is a key priority for the work we do at Accountability Lab. Another thing we do at the lab is also to ensure um, the skills and the, the, the communities which we work in, um, the, this infrastructure serve them in terms of, um, sorry, in terms of how the government budgets and plans for them. So we engage with the government through the Open Government Partnership to ensure there's a co-creation model. So what we've seen over the years is government presents this budget, but how do we now begin to build on participatory budgeting systems open contracting processes, ensuring the audit um, report is being addressed to. But in doing all of these things, you must ensure citizens' voices are well represented and their concerns are well represented in all of these things. So for me, I think those key things for us at the lab is what um, the priority is and how we are supporting the process. Yeah, so you mentioned citizens' voices and uh, that speaks to the next question I have here. Uh, again, it's still the snap poll on governance. and this question simply was, how would you rate the performance of the government in the past one month in the areas of uh, as around 12 social services? There is healthcare, there is power, conflict resolution, infrastructure, education, agriculture and food safety, environment and climate change, security, job creation, economy, poverty alleviation, and corruption. Among these 12, do you think there is uh, anything that uh, you, is there anything you think is left out as priority areas of social services for Nigeria? Um, I, I lost the your the list, so maybe you found around. Okay, 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 okay. That's fine. Now, what my, my the point I want to make is this: that twenty one percent of the respondents who took part in this poll said the government had done well in healthcare. Eighteen uh, percent said the government had done well in on the infrastructure. And 6% said the government had done well on corruption. I wonder what you make of this, um, uh, would, it, would I call it trend now, or uh, proportions of Nigerians uh, and how you see the government performance across these different sectors and how that reflects the importance they attach to these sectors. So uh, for me, I think it's, it's not necessarily the importance they attach to these sectors. Um, like we talked about, uh, um, data is the new oil, is like gold mine. You need to listen to what data is saying and not the people that work in your corridors. Um, these are the people that you serve and they are saying we are not satisfied. 21% is, is, is not a good figure. 6% is not a good figure. You're not even, so it's, once you receive these figures, you're also putting that... So this is why I mentioned the work we do at the lab is to also engage is to engage citizens and make sure citizens are, act, are active. If you look at the constitution, it talks about we the people. Everything the government does is for we the people. If the people are saying to you we are not satisfied, how do you improve on this? It's not necessarily improving on the sector, but improving on the responses you get from the people on how you can make them satisfied and grow in this economy or in this part of the world 
Otherwise, you keep losing your best hands. Um, not to touch on that, but the point remains is pay attention to the people, pay attention to how you can even engage them in the forefront of this infrastructure. If you are developing or making decisions, they should be there. You should hear citizens' voices. I will urge the government as well to put out a poll. This is non-political, non-partisan, but try to hear the people's voices, if possible, every month or every quarter. Just put out a poll randomly and see that, oh, what are your priorities? In developing the budget for 2023, I would have assumed that would be the way to go. Um, for constituency projects in, 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 in the national budget from the House of um, National Assembly, I would assume that is the way to go. Rather than just fixing boreholes, grinding machine and all that, it's self-serving interest. But how do we move on from that to ensure the people are saying, instead of a school some communities want a road instead of a school some yes. communities want water instead of a so you know you need to pay attention to those kind of conversations and figures that are reflected in most of this data which come out and i know i thank you very much for doing that great work and uh, probably that's why we have health centers built with nobody demanding no health workers to yeah. uh, work there yeah thank you thank you very much Ode. um one more question just before i let you go how do you see this um the this president's admission has a few more months before the its tenure expires and they will look forward to another administration stepping in what sort of lessons do you think an incoming administration can get or should take from uh, a poll like this or listening to uh, citizens voices like this in terms of how the government is performing in different sectors what lessons do you think should be there for an incoming administration whichever one it is um number one thing not because of the name of my organization but number one lesson is accountability everybody wants accountability um you get into power you ask you ask us to vote for you but once it comes to demanding accountability it feels like there is a friction between you and i the citizen and the government but one thing for me is to lay that foundation for the incoming government to ensure accountability is topmost priority for them um, on, on what they have to do. Um, another thing for me would be around creating a transparent process for citizens to understand how these things work. We've seen a couple of colleagues in the civil society organization put forward open transparent processes to ensure the governments open up their, their conversations, have conversations with Nigeria, whatever you're doing, have that conversation. But it's not always when it comes to elections that we want to see commissioning of projects, infrastructure in our community. But let it be an all-round engaging conversation that is built on transparency, integrity, and accountability. Thank you very much. So I've been speaking with uh, Ode Friday. He's country director of our of the accountability lab in Nigeria. He's been giving analysis to the latest governance NAP poll by NOI polls for October. The poll finds that 58 in 100 Nigerians disapprove of the performance of the government over the past month and only 25 in 100 approve. It also finds that only 18 in 100 respondents rated the government's performance as good on infrastructure. The full report is available on noi-polls.com and you can find the infographics to help you understand in a heartbeat on our social media handles. That's Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram and YouTube. Just search for 
NOI polls. This program is available or will be available as a podcast on any of your favorite podcast services. Just search for NOI polls. A video recording will also be available on YouTube and on our social media platforms. Data Chat is a production of NOI polls and we'll be back next Friday at 5 p.m. Uh, just before I go, Ode Friday, thank you very much for taking our time to join us this evening. Thank you very much it's for the opportunity. It's been a wonderful uh, discourse. And on behalf of the production crew and management here in the studio and uh, everywhere, I'm Jadlena Dokafo. Have a great weekend. <laughs>